Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Uh, We're going to have a special report on guns in America, and I'm going to give you some information that no one else will about gun crimes. So that is coming up. But first, we are leading again with President Biden and his schedule. We do this every day for you, let you know how busy the president is. And uh, here we go. So at 10 a.m., Mr. Biden had his daily briefings. That's Intel and COVID together. Then at 12.30, he had lunch with Vice President Harris. At 2 p.m., the vice president and the president met with immigration advisors. Wow, that uh, I wish I was at that meeting. And then 4.15, President Biden meets with the American women's soccer team. That's Megan Rapinoe and those people. Um, a lot of flags at the White House. So I don't know whether the ladies uh, are kneeling in that meeting with the President Biden or, or what. So that's uh, his schedule. Not a lot of heavy lifting. Now, you got to assume he's rehearsing for tomorrow's press conference, the first one, 64 days. Um, He broke the record for not holding a presidential press conference after Inauguration Day. Um, But you got to assume that, you know, they're saying, look, you're going to be asked this, Mr. President, and here's how we think you might want to answer. And we'll get into all of that coming up. Now, the headline, of course, is the border. And the gun situation in Colorado and Atlanta. So those are the two that the White House press corps, they're going to be fervent about it. Now, you might say, well, um, the gun thing is a slam dunk for uh, President Biden. He's going to go, oh, we got to ban the assault weapons. we got to have a background check. You know what he's going to do. But the border is a little bit more difficult for him. And we'll get into that. Now, here's how it works, um, and I know this as a primary source. I knew uh, communications people in three administrations, so here's how it works. Mr. Biden will get a list, a sheet of paper like this, okay? And on the list will be one, ABC News, John Carl, two, uh, NBC News, whoever it may be. And the name will be there of the correspondent. There are you just don't have everybody coming in. I couldn't go to this press conference if I wanted to. It's the White House Correspondents Association. Those news agencies assign people there. So you'll have a list of about 15 or so people that he's going to call on. Now, under the list will be what the communications department in the White House thinks they're going to ask. Because remember, the communications department talks to reporters all the time. And they say, eh, it's probably going to go here or there or whatever. Um, depending on the person. There's nothing wrong with any of this. Every president does this. Now, Donald Trump was much more shooting from the hip. He didn't care what was on a page. He would go, you and you and you. He didn't care. He didn't care who they were, what their names were. He's out there. But the big difference is that the White House press corps wanted to hurt Donald Trump. They wanted to harm him, make him look foolish, debate him, uh, insult him, Jim Acosta, CNN, whatever it may be. That's what they were there for. They weren't there to call information. Um, that'll be 180 degrees opposite tomorrow. I don't accept, expect the White House press corps to be obsequious. Okay. I don't expect them to be that because then that would be death. But 
they'll ask a hard question, but they won't follow up. They won't push it. They won't debate it. That's what I think is going to happen. It could be wrong, of course. Um, now, the president has some problems because today, Mexican President Obrador criticized uh, Joe Biden about the border. Quote, expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be a better treatment of migrants. This has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border, thinking it's easier to do, unquote. And Obrador has got a problem. He's got hundreds of thousands of people parading through his country. He's got drug cartels shaking those people down. He's got violence. He's got unattended children. He's not happy about this, Obrador. All right, so that's number one. Number two, Vice President Harris gave a preview today on the CBS Morning News. We'll take There are 500 children a day, and we don't have enough housing already who are crossing into the border. What do we do in the meantime to stop it? Well, we do what we need to do to actually reconstruct the systems, Anthony, that are about processing these cases. And that is taking some time. Look, we've been in office less than 100 days. Um, we're addressing it. We're dealing with it. But it's going to take some time. Well, that's not going to fly, that answer. And by the way, Anthony Mason, a CBS correspondent on a morning program, did a good job today in uh, asking very precise questions. That's not going to fly. All right. So for the Last six months of the Trump administration, and we investigated, my staff investigated this today, there wasn't a problem with migrants coming into the USA. They had stopped it because the Mexicans had put their army on the northern and southern border with Guatemala. There wasn't that. But as soon as Biden was elected and said all this stuff about we're going to pay for migrant health care, we're going to legalize, we're going to do this, we're going to let, wham! So when the vice president says, well, we have to reconstruct the systems, Anthony, why didn't you do that before? Why didn't, why didn't you do that before? Wouldn't you have some kind of anticipation here? It's not a surprise to me. I don't think it's a surprise to you watching and listening. Is it? Are you surprised? Everybody knew this was going to happen. So Kamala Harris didn't know it was going to happen. So you tear down everything that Trump did, including stopping the wall building, and you replace it with nothing. But now that there's hundreds of thousands coming across, oh, oh, oh we're going to reconstruct it, Anthony. Well, come on. Is that responsible? You know, I've said this many times and I'll say it again. Who wins here? Who is this whole border thing benefiting? Who? The drug cartels in Mexico. That's who. It's not benefiting the children. Certainly not. People are getting hurt down there, killed down there. Awful. So Biden's going to have to answer some of that, I guess, I hope. Gas prices. All right, this is AAA, the best source. So in the first week of this year, uh, 2021, the average gallon of gas, regular $2.26, $2.26. Now $2.87. And that's because President Biden attacked the gas and oil companies. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why. I hope he gets a question about that because that's hurting every working person. Um, and the final thing is an embarrassing situation that happened on Sunday with the Homeland Security Chief, Alejandro Mayorkas. 
So Alejandro, as you'll remember, I'm not going to run the Sabai because I did yesterday, said, hey, we have a closed border and we're deporting most adults. That's what he said. All right, he, he did five shows and he, that's what it, that was his rap. Well, number one, that's not true. It's just flat out not true. His own border patrol says it's not true. All right, so listen to this. 59% of all migrants who come into the country illegally, according to the Border Patrol, are released into the wind. 59%. Maybe Mr. Mayorkas doesn't know that. He's in charge. And 100% of all the minors that come in don't get deported, don't get kicked back. So my opening question have, if I were lucky enough to be in a press conference tomorrow, be Mr. President, your Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas said on Sunday shows that the border is closed and you're deporting adults, adult migrants. Well, your own Border Patrol says it's not true. Did you scold the Homeland Security Chief? Did, did you take him to task? What did you do when he told an untruth to the entire world? Did you do anything? Are you aware of it? That's my question. Tough for him to dodge it. You got to have the stats and the facts at your hand. When you quiz a president, and I have interviewed five of them, you got to have the stats. Because not, they'll just wander off into wherever they want to do it. All right. So I've had my say. Let's bring in a guy who's smarter than me. At least he's tells me that. Dr. Toby Bergovitz is a assistant professor at Boston University in my old school of communications. And uh, the doctor is a smart guy. And even though he leans Democrat, he's not a Kool-Aid drinker. So in my run up to set up uh, Mr. Biden's press conference tomorrow, was I unfair to him, doctor? No, I think you were quite fair, and I think you, in fact, analyzed how the press tends to deal with these situations. Um, it really is home court advantage for the president, and unless the president messes up, he should be able to handle this. Um, the thing about Joe Biden is what presidents like to do is a monologue. Um, Obama was a master at that. You ask a question and he runs down the clock. If, if Biden does that, Biden probably will cause himself more trouble than if the press, in fact, asked him additional questions. So I think that's a trap that Biden could fall into. Because he'd make gaffes if he starts to do a monologue? Is that what you're implying? Because he'll sort of wander away from the talking points. Uh, and what's really important for the president is to be crisp, try to answer a question as best as possible, which most of the time for most presidents is avoiding answering the question. Of course, Trump did the exact opposite. Trump just went hammer and tongue uh, fighting with the press. That's very different from what most presidents do. Why do you think President Biden delayed having a press conference for 64 days? 
he basically just stalled. And in fact, if I was working in the White House, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you'd want to do no harm. And if he has a press conference, what benefit does it do for the White House? Um, it'll let the press say, yes, now the president is addressing our questions to the American people. Most of the American people this is not at the top of their list for what's most important is a presidential press conference. So the White House really just delayed having any kind of press conference. By the way, it's not just press conferences. On the rope line, he never takes any questions. He'll take maybe one, sort of do an answer, and wander away. Um, during photo opportunities at a factory floor or anywhere, he doesn't take questions. So it's really not just a press conference. It's just the strategy of the White House is to avoid having Biden answer almost anything directly. But by doing that, they put more pressure on him tomorrow. So coming off the uh, stairway falling down, he's now in and people, uh, I was on a Hannity radio program today and Hannity was talking about the stairway situation and he asked me to put it in perspective. And number one, I said, and I said on this program as well, nobody should be happy that Joe Biden fell down on the stairway. I mean, that's, that's not a good thing. If you're happy about it, you might want to reevaluate that. But in my opinion, as an American citizen, he's in decline. Joe Biden's in decline physically and mentally from what I've seen in 64 days. I could be wrong, but that's my assessment. If tomorrow he doesn't come off, as you put it, crisp and able to parry, then that's going to be on steroids that he's in decline, is it not? Yes, there is a lot of pressure on Joe Biden to do well, to show that he is in command of the facts, that he can articulate his point of view. And when reading a teleprompter in small bits, he usually can do okay. What he will do is try to show empathy and compassion. That's really been his MO uh, during any of his speeches. But if asked a specific challenging question, that he needs to answer yes, no, back up with facts. That could be problematic. Yeah, he's not going to do that. He's going to blame Trump for everything, I, I think. I don't think he'll get away with that, with the American people, because that'll be the, if he does that, that'll be the headline. I mean, all the news organizations will take that, and they'll say, look at this and all of that. Do you expect him to blame Trump for everything? He probably will blame Trump for the mess on the southern border. Um, that has been the strategy, and he doesn't want to take responsibility for the situation that we're in now. So, yes, he'll do that. Um, you know, by the way, we haven't really spoken at all about COVID, um, about the vaccination rollout. Um, I don't know about you, Bill, but I'm mighty darn excited that I can have a hot dog in my backyard on yeah, the 4th of July. Yeah, I am too, but I know that the press, going well. the press is isn't going to go there very much because it's fairly well defined. All right. What's happening now There's not a lot of controversy. People are getting vaxxed. People, uh, as you just said, are looking forward to being uh, normal again. I don't know the press is going to do that. And it's a tee up. You give uh, you give Biden a covid. 
he was just going to run all day. Well, we did this, we did that, we did that, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not like, well, Anthony Fauci is saying stuff that isn't true. They're not going to do that to Biden. So I expect it's going to be border and then it's going to be guns. And that's a tee up to Biden, too. But here's my my last question for you. And again, we really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are, doctor. So my assessment of the White House press corps is they wanted to hurt Donald Trump. That was what 80 percent of them were in business to do. It wasn't about getting information or giving the president a fair say. It was make him look stupid. And I know as a fact that those people were ordered to do that by certain news organizations. Do you concur with my analysis? Yeah, this is a really slippery slope for the White House press corps. On the one hand, they can't look like they're lapdogs, which most of the time they are, but none of them want to be the one who is the one who started bringing down the Joe Biden White House. Uh, So they sort of have to ask a somewhat challenging question, but none of them want to ask the question that is going to be a mess that's going to cause a big problem. Uh, that just isn't in their wheelhouse either. Yeah, but you you agree with me they wanted to hurt Trump, generally speaking? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, and oh, that... Not, not generally that's, speaking. That's the big difference. Um, Peter Ducey of Fox News, he will try to hurt Biden. Let's be honest. He's going to try to hurt him. But I don't know if Ducey's even going to get a question. Um... Because the Biden people know that he's going to try to hurt um, the president. Uh, always nice to talk to you. Give my best to everybody at Com. They still remember me up there in Boston U? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. All right, Professor. Thanks. For, well. <laughs> thanks very much for helping us. Great seeing you, Bill. Okay. Thank you. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. All right, I want to do this guns in America thing. It's a little complicated now. Uh, Emotional subject, obviously. So I had another uh, terrible situation in Colorado. And I'm going to give you some stats. And I I always uh, suggest that you watch this program with a pen and paper. Stats are important. So we have 10 dead in Colorado. This Syrian guy comes in with a rifle and shoots him down. That's coming off last week in Atlanta, 
when you got this 21-year-old emotionally disturbed guy, shoots down a bunch of people in Asian businesses. Okay. So the FBI keeps very exact stats of gun, so-called gun crimes, all right? Crimes committed by people with guns. So 2019, last stats available, um, there were 10,258 gun homicides. 10,258, all right? That was 74% of all homicides. Remember, we live in a country of 330 million people and another 11, 12 illegal aliens, all right? So 350, probably, with tourists and stuff like that. So again, 74% of all homicides in the year 2019 were caused by people using firearms. Mass public shootings, that's Colorado and Atlanta. What percentage of you think? Mass public shootings, 2019, 0.2%. This, okay? Now, they get big headlines and they're horrible because a random shooting isn't like drug gangs shooting it out. You know the difference. It's people in a grocery store and all of a sudden they're dead. Okay, but 0.2%. That's it. Now, that number was from 2018 from a study by the University of California, Davis. Very liberal school. So keep that in mind when I run this down for you. So Joe Biden immediately um, exploits. All right, maybe that's too harsh a word. Um, the Colorado killings. And I want to ban assault weapons, and I want to ban magazines, and I want to do background checks, whatever it may be. Now, reasonable people, not people who are blinded by emotion or ideology, but reasonable people can sit down, and I believe in this country, could come up with public safety laws that do not intrude on the Constitution. I believe that. But now we can't do that because the polarization between the conservative, traditional gun owner and gun supporters and the left is so big, you can't breach it. So the progressive left wants to ban all guns in private hands. Maybe they would give you a hunting rifle Maybe. All right. But all handguns, all heavier weapons. No, that's what the progressive left wants. Conservatives understand that. All right. They, they understand that the liberal people don't want a handgun in the hands of private citizens. Now, the conservative right believes that the government is generally oppressive. The federal government is oppressive and a threat to them. All right? They want smaller government. That's what conservatives want. They don't want to be told what to do by the government. And they understand that the Second Amendment gives them the right to defend themselves. 
Now, most people defend themselves with a handgun or a rifle, but some want the ARs, the bigger weaponry, and that's where the debate should lie, okay? But that's not the debate because the right and the traditional people aren't going to give an inch because they don't trust the government. Oh, if we give them this, if we make the ARs, uh, you have to register them or they're banned or whatever, then the next step is the handgun. That's the slippery slope. The left basically says, we don't care what you Neanderthals deplorables think. We want a major overhaul in this country where the federal government calls all the shots, not the states, all right? The feds, all the shots, what protection you can have, how much money you can have. That's what we want. So you see, the two forces are so far apart that neither of them are going to give anything. So you're not going to get anything done. Now, Biden said, oh, I might do an executive order. Uh, He can't. So Anthony Mason, aforementioned CBS correspondent, asked Kamala Harris, is uh, the president going to do an executive order limiting guns? Harris wouldn't answer. Because he's not. Because 20 minutes after he did that, a federal judge in Texas or Florida or Wyoming or wherever would say, you can't do it, I'm blocking it. Biden knows that. The only way we're going to get any kind of change in the way that guns are licensed is if Congress makes a new law. And as I said, reasonable people can come to some public safety conclusions, but we're not talking about reason now. We're talking about a titanic struggle about how this country is being run. And that bleeds over, pardon the pun, into the gun crime area. One final thing. Most of the gun crime, as I just proved to you, are criminals killing people for money, for drug turf wars, for holdups, for assassinations, for extortions gone wrong. That's what most gun homicides are. The federal government won't do anything about them. And Chicago is the best example. For decades, we have had tens of thousands of African-Americans killed or maimed by guns. And who was wielding the guns? Other African-American criminals. That's who. Have you seen anything from the federal government? Any kind of mitigation there? No. I told you that Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, is the worst governor in the history of this country. And the mayors of Chicago are ridiculous. A seven-year-old could do a better job than that. But unless the federal government says, and this is Congress, we're going to make all gun crimes federal crimes, and if you have a gun in the commission of a crime, any crime, you get a mandatory eight years in a federal penitentiary. 
on a top of what other crime you did. Now, if the federal government would do that, and certainly they should, all right, because any criminal with a gun is a deadly threat. It's a deadly threat. You have no right to commit a crime with a gun. And the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, they're not going to do anything to you. They arrest guys all day long with guns, gang members. They're out the same day. They don't care. They want to take the guns away from the law-abiding people, but they won't do anything about the criminal element. But if Congress would say, okay, in addition to banning the ARs, we're going to slap on mandatory federal prison terms for any drug guy with a gun or burglar with a gun or robber with a gun, we're going to do that too. Because that would bring down the gun homicides. Right? Yes, I'm right. Then the conservatives would say, all right, you're trying to deal with the problem in a fair way. Because nobody wants armed criminals roaming around. Right? But no. If I submitted tomorrow to the Democratic Congress, to Pelosi and Schumer, what I just told you, please federalize all gun crimes and give them mandatories, the criminals who commit crimes with guns, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. In fact, in Chicago and New York and LA and other places, they're letting these gun criminals out. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, no. No, their ancestors were slaves. Oh, we can't. Oh, it's not their fault. So conservatives and traditional Americans are not going to compromise, knowing that it's, it's a sham. Congress doesn't want to stop gun homicides. It doesn't. Biden would never get behind what I just told you. Trump didn't. Obama didn't. Bush the Younger didn't. Bill Clinton didn't. None of them will. We can wipe this out. All right, I have my say. Bill at BillOReilly.com. I want to disagree or, and, you know, and don't be a nut when you write to me, please. Just, if you disagree, I love that. But don't be alone. Sidney Powell. All right, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani were the ones that ran all around the country telling everybody the election was a fraud, okay? And they said that the Dominion voting machines uh, were um, fraudulent and all of that. You remember. Okay. So I didn't really do much on Giuliani and Sidney Powell because they produce no hard evidence. But a lot of you, maybe most of you listening and watching me tonight, believe them. You believe Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell that the election was a fraud. Okay. Now, I said... On January 11th, when Sidney Powell was first sued by Dominion, this. Go. Assuming the judge is fair and the evidence is not destroyed, I'm glad Dominion sued Sidney Powell. That can hopefully create room for discovery and we would know the truth. All right, that's an interesting take on this, Lloyd. But I think Ms. Powell is in trouble. All right, and she is in trouble. But I also agreed with the letter writer 
this was a good thing because it gave Sidney Powell a chance to show what she had on Dominion because she's being sued. All right. That's called discovery. Well, turns out uh, on March 22nd, Ms. Powell's defense attorneys put out a statement. I'll put it on the screen. Quote, plaintiffs themselves categorized the statements at issue as wild accusations and outlandish claims. They are repeatedly labeled inherently improbable and even impossible. Such characterizations of the allegedly defamatory statements further support defendant's position, that's Sidney Powell, that reasonable people would not accept such statements as fact, but view them only as claims that await testing by the courts through adversary process. So Ms. Powell is admitting that what she said was in fact. And that's why I didn't cover it. Now, I know a lot of you got mad at me, but there is a discipline to covering the news. I know it's gone. I know you don't see it very often on TV in particular. The newspapers, they're shot. There's a discipline to doing what I'm doing. Where are the facts? I gave you the facts on guns. Okay, they're in stone. 0.2% of gun homicides involved civilian mass shootings. That's a fact. The big problem is with criminals wielding guns. The government doesn't want to take care of the criminals wielding guns. It just wants to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. That's a fact. We just proved it. Sidney Powell didn't know what she was talking about. Had nothing. Yet ran around implying that the election was a fraud. It may have been a fraud. And maybe down the road, there will be evidence of that. But now, it does not exist. Oakland, California will begin paying $500 to low-income minority families, families of color. So if you move to Oakland, and believe me, some people will, you get 500 bucks a month. No rules, no strings. You want to buy some heroin, Oxycontin, cocaine, go right ahead. Okay. And now I'm not implying that poor people, that's all they do with their money. I'm not. That would be unfair, and I am not doing that. I am going to tell you that most of the homeless people are addicted. That's a fact. And that if you give people $500 and you don't know who those people are, there's a chance that many of them will be addicts. Okay, Oakland doesn't care. All right. So uh, Libby Schaff, the mayor, says this is a privately funded program. Really? Who's privately funding this, Ms. Schaff? She doesn't say. All right. Oakland has selected 600 families of color to get the 500 a month. Now, this is what the far left wants. Guaranteed income. No strings attached. That's socialism. That's what they want. That's why I'm doing this. Bernie Sanders. Okay. So everybody knows that there's a threat from the social media companies. Facebook. Twitter, all of those, okay, because they're banning people. Here's what Senator Sanders said about Donald Trump. Go. But if you're asking me, do I feel particularly comfortable that the president, the then president of the United States, could not express his views on Twitter? I don't feel comfortable about that. Good for him. Good for Sanders. Now, Sanders is about as hardcore socialist as you can get. Just don't be 
you know, don't be fooled. And the Democratic Party knew that if he got the nomination, he wouldn't win. That's why Biden's sitting there. But Sanders, at least, I think is an honest man. I don't think he's dishonest. And he knows the threat of banning people on social media. All right. This day in history, March 24th, 1958, Elvis Presley inducted into the army. There's the king. All right. He's 23 years old. He was drafted. All right. And they delayed the draft for Elvis so he could finish the movie King Creole. Actually, not a bad flick. So Elvis was drafted in. It was a huge worldwide story. It was enormous. So he came up here to New Jersey. Fort Dix did his basic. Um, And then he got shipped over to Germany where he drove an army vehicle. (laughs) And Elvis, yeah, pretty soft time of it, I have to say. Over there wasn't a war in 1958, so it was no Vietnam or Korea. And Elvis is over there. And, uh, you know, the Elvis people said, yeah, this is going to be good for his image. We're uh, putting him out as a kind of clean-cut guy, loves his country. So Elvis went over, and then he got out uh, on March 23rd. 1964, okay, the, da- the dates don't stack. He was only in there for two years, okay? Um, so it was 1960 he got out. Um, left out duty March 5th, 1960, all right? Um, my mistake, it is here on the sheet. So he's in for two years, and then he got out, and then he went wild. He sold all kinds of records. He sold... 147 million records, third to the Beatles and Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks beat him. Back with the mail and a final thought in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, let's do some mail. Always a highlight of the no-spin news. You want to reach me? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. James Cook, Sunnyside, New York. Bill, thank you for your recent column on creating racism as a white person. Could you please define the term white culture? It doesn't exist. There is no white culture. Okay? It's whites are the majority here in America. That's not going to last much longer. Uh, whites have most of the power in America. That's not a culture. That is a socioeconomic situation. But when you hear the words white culture, that means You and me and every other Caucasian, we are oppressors. That's what they're trying to say. Liz, a crazy far left pushing racist ideas in our public schools is a disgrace. Just don't understand why parents put up with this BS. Are all parents stupid? I don't know. That's a good question, Liz. I send my kids to private school because I'm not going to put up with public school madness. That's why I do it. So I don't know what the parents... A lot of parents don't care, I can tell you that, from being a teacher. About 50% of parents don't care about their kids. It's a lot. 
Caroline, uh, concierge member, which means Caroline gets direct access to me. Earlier tonight, I wrote a post on the message board at BillOReilly.com saying if public schools continue this critical race teaching, I would not pay my school taxes. I'm going to start a movement to encourage other taxpayers to stop paying school taxes. Well, if you do that, you're going to get hurt. So I'm going to advise against that, Caroline. It doesn't matter what you like, what you dissent. You don't pay your tax. They're going to add on penalties and this and that, and you're going to wind up having to pay it, or they're going to put you in jail, or they're going to slap a, a lien on your bank account or your house. You don't want that. Uh, Michael Christian Levita, Colorado. Bill, I'm a new premium member enjoying it immensely. Question, where are the immigrants getting the printed T-shirts and flags on the border? Mexican entrepreneurs. They're making them. You know, people think all oh, these migrants don't have any money. They have money. They're paying the cartels to bring them up here. They have money. They bought the T-shirt, you know, the flag, whatever. Penny. I live in the Midwest. Gas prices in my town have gone from $1.79 a gallon to $2.89 a gallon. They'll go up to $2.89 out where you are, Penny. Uh, they will be three and a quarter by Memorial Day. Thank you, Joe Biden. Appreciate it. Patricia Needham, Vail, Colorado, lovely place. Bill, I need some hope. Tell us if and how Republicans can stop and rewind some of these Biden policies. If they win the House and Senate in 2022, next year, they could rewind them. Teresa Lipsky, Kansas City, Missouri. Do you think Jill Biden is the president of Biden what Nancy Reagan was to her husband? Yes. Very similar. Very good point. Very good question, Teresa. Jill Biden looks out for Joe Biden. No doubt about it. Carol Ann, so sad, Bill. Our country is in my prayers every night. I know the Lord is watching and I believe he will intervene. So do I. Always happen in our history when we're at low points, we come back up. Okay, uh, Maria Schatz, Watertown, New York, about Martin Van Buren and the old Kinderhook story. When you say okay, I say old Kinderhook, those who trespass, one of your best books. I first write about okay and Martin Van Buren in Those Who Trespass. It's a novel. It was my first book. So I'm glad you like it, Maria. Um, concierge membership, which means you can email me with any question directly. We reply in 24 hours or less. It's a great, great service, I think, uh, if you trust me and my judgment. So you might want to check that out. Word of the day, do not be fatuous, F-A-T-U-O-U-S, fatuous. Back with a final thought on me being a strict parent. All right, last week, here's the final thought of the day. I mentioned that the urchins and my urchins think I'm the strictest parent in my Long Island neighborhood. Well, a lot of people saw and heard that, and now there's controversy because all the kids are saying, no, Mr. O'Reilly isn't the strictest, this other lady is. She's stricter than Mr. O'Reilly. So it's like a big thing back and forth here. So I know the other lady and I know her urchins and all those urchins turned out really well. So if she's stricter than me, good for her. I don't think I'm that strict a parent. All right. I'm not demanding anything other than the urchins be responsible. We have one rule. We have we have rules like got to clean up your room. You got to keep your person neat. Uh, you got to go to church. You know, we have that, but nothing onerous, just regular rules. But the one thing that I absolutely have imposed is the O'Reilly philosophy. If you say you're going to do it, 
you do it. Even if it's a little thing, even if it's, well, I'll text you. You text. That's our philosophy. If you say you're going to do it, you do it. Now, strict, that's strict. I'm just trying to lay a pathway to success. And I believe parents have to have rules in order for success to happen on the urchin front. We'll see you tomorrow.